How about that cigar? How about that cigar? Sorry, tonight's show, mm. there may be some chewing mm. happening, so we'll try our best to keep that to a minimum, but we're having a lovely meal here. Welcome to How About That Cigar Live, episode 117. As always, brought to you from the Drew Estate Cigar Studios. Guys, thanks so much for joining us as we have a lovely meal here. Mm-hmm. We hope you guys have something to uh, to snack on along with us, some cigars mm-hmm. and some beverages. Let us know, as always, what you are smoking and drinking along with us in the comments. And as always, you guys know that we are brought to you in the Drew Estate Cigar Studios on the road today at Sodi Cigar and Pipe in Oak Park Heights, Minnesota. And let's once again look at these beautiful Drew Estate Undercrown 10s. To celebrate the brand's anniversary in 2021, Drew Estate is getting all decked out. A tagline that denotes Undercrown 10s elegant packaging and reinforces the pride of Undercrown's 10 years of excellence. The new sophisticated packaging is surpassed only by Undercrown 10's complex, rich, and bold blend of ultra-premium-aged tobaccos that includes the highest-priming Mexican San Andreas dark wrapper, the very finest broadleaf binder from the Connecticut River Valley, and a triple blend of select and rare Nicaraguan tobaccos. Born on the factory floor at La Grande Fabrica Drew Estate, the Undercrown brand is a passionate testament to the creative talent, dedication, and self-determination of Drew Estate's torcedores. Blended with many of the same rare vintages found in Liga Privada, Undercrown quickly became a grand slam for Drew Estate as consumers felt a deep personal connection to the grassroots firebrand that celebrates the typically unheralded working-class heroes employed at the Drew Estate's Cigar Factory. For more info, please visit DrewEstate.com. So, I like elegant packaging. Everybody loves elegant packaging. Right. Welcome to the show. Mm-hmm. So, uh, as you guys saw from the uh, the the show artwork and the teaser, tonight is all about meat. Mm-hmm. So, earlier today, I made some ribeyes for uh, Garrett and myself, and I went a little crazy with this particular batch of ribeyes so i uh shout out to our friend rich fox from minnesota herf connection who is a butcher and i said hey rich uh this is a few weeks ago i said hey rich you ever get your hands on marrow bones and he said yes every once in a while so i said let let me get my hands on some of those so today i roasted some big honking beef marrow bones in the oven for a good long time and rendered down all that delicious fat and stored it, saved it. Then I grilled some lovely ribeye steaks and took the steaks off the grill. When they were still hot, I put them in foil and slathered them with this bone marrow (laughs) and then just wrapped them in foil and let them sit and rest. And what's the, what's the verdict? I'm mad. <laughs> it's so good. I'm angry. This this might be my favorite new way to uh, to have ribeye steak. And I don't know if you guys can see how like perfect that cross section is. So, uh, and and let it be known that there was no sous vide. Yeah, no sous vide this time. We know how to grill. Yeah, and Matt nailed it. I still love to grill. I grill all the time. And these these ribeyes were not put in the sous vide. They were grilled until uh, 
they hit uh, internal temp of 128 because uh, ribeyes can take a little more heat. Uh, pulled them off at 128. Like I said, put them on the foil, slathered each of them with uh, some of that rendered bone marrow and just let them sit. Yeah, plastic forks. We are in a prison. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin, come on up, man. Yeah, get out. Get over here. So, uh, See you soon. So that is the meat portion of of tonight's uh, of tonight's show. Oh. Uh, the heat portion, of course, comes in one of our favorite ways, and that is cigars. We're starting off because it's you know it's Fourth of July weekend, and we're just coming off a wonderful Fourth of July, hot as absolute get out here in Minnesota. But uh, we got some lovely firecracker cigars that we're starting out with uh, this evening from uh, from our friend Oliver Naveau at United Cigar. And uh, then we are going to move into, uh, when we finish up these firecrackers, we're going to move into the 2021 edition of Camacho Liberty. And uh, so I want to know, though, yeah, from everybody, what did you guys make yesterday? What did you oh, yeah. what did you cook? What did you enjoy if you didn't cook? What did you smoke? <clears throat> what was your 4th of July celebration like? Inquiring minds want to know. Uh, this is my first time with a firecracker, BT Dubs. It's a nice little cigar. It's a good uh, good kind of opening course because it's a short cigar. Kind of gets the palate awake. Yeah, and like Matt and I, you know, like Matt said, we got these from Oliver at United and uh, got to chat with him at TPE and gave us uh, a few sticks to to take with us. And we each got one of these and decided we were going to wait to the fourth. Yeah. And then we're like, hey, we're going to do the show on the fifth. Let's uh, firecracker it up on, on the show. And good call. Yeah, it was, it's it's kind of, you know, it's, it's a patriotic theme on uh, on the show. Um if anybody knows what the uh, what the current score is in uh, uh, Twins Game Four of uh, Stanley Cup, oh that one! Um, uh, wow. Okay, so I just I just looked. Uh, Montreal leads one nothing. This is the first time Montreal has led at all huh. against Tampa Bay. Um, I hope that we can see more hockey, but I, I have a feeling it's going to be a sweep, but we'll see. Eating some more steak here. Um, so Kevin, it, this is going to be shocking to you. Kevin actually didn't eat anything on the fourth. He just had beer and bourbon. Isn't that shocking? You forgot to eat. Well, no, that's not shocking. Um, I recommend food. Um, and, but not brownies. I don't recommend brownies. I recommend meat, you know, steak, hot dogs, brats, um, maybe some smoked queso and some chips. I do not recommend brownies <laughs> in any way, shape, um, or form. What is a what is a Tulsa torpedo? Chad, please educate. 
Tulsa Torpedo is not a cigar. It's a meat combination. I need to know more about this, Chad. Any any kind of the meat Tulsa thing? Torpedo. Is, is the Tulsa Torpedo similar to the Alabama Hot Pocket? Yeah, or, you know, like a, a Cleveland Steamer. Cleveland Steamer. Oh, so uh, today <laughs> I had a great idea for a new streaming service. Okay. Cleveland Streamer. It'll combine like the Hulu, HBO Max, everything, and we'll just yeah. call it the, the Cleveland Streamer. That's a good idea. Let's see if somebody somebody take a look and see if that's already uh, trademarked. I'm sure it is, but that's my million dollar idea. So yeah, tonight, guys, we uh, we're gearing up for leaving later this week for the PCA trade show, and we just kind of wanted to we did want to do a show tonight, but we we just wanted to chill. Um, we don't have a guest on the show tonight. We're just going to, you know, Garrett tore through his steak right quick. I'm still working on mine, dude. Um, and uh, and we've got some other treats and stuff like that. And as I mentioned in all of the promos for the show tonight, we have a lovely prize package that one lucky viewer is, uh, is going to win tonight. So be sure to continue commenting on the show. Make sure to share this broadcast out on Facebook or YouTube or or whichever link you want to share and let them know we're live because that helps. All right. You ready? Yeah. For the, the Tulsa. Yeah. Or the Toledo. What is it? The Toledo. Bacon weave wrapped around ground sausage. Oh, I've done something similar to that before. Oh. But yeah, look at how it finishes. Okay. So I did something like this. That I didn't know that name. It was called... This was years ago when I got my first smoker. It was a very simple vertical charcoal smoker. And was that in the Carter administration? It, it was the Carter administration. Okay. Yeah. Maybe Ford. Okay. I don't know exactly. But it was, uh, I found it online. It was called the Bacon Explosion. And it was like that. I, it was a weave of bacon and then uh, flattened out pork sausage on top of that. And then more bacon that had already been cooked and crumbled. And some cream cheese and some jalapenos and stuff like that. And rolled it up and smoked it. And then uh, at a, after about three hours, I think, on the smoker, then cranked the heat up and put some spicy glaze on it and let that glaze set in and sliced it and served it with sweet potato fries. It was insane. That sounds, I mean, all of this sounds absolutely stupid. Yeah. So I, so but good. I like the idea of the, uh, uh, Polish sausage, ham and cheese. I like that. I'm going to try that. Yeah, that sounds fantastic. And like a little sushi, like a little meat sushi. Meat sushi. You had me at meat. Yep. And yep. Then you kept me at sushi. Mm. Um, so let's, uh, even though we don't have a guest, let's get into our main segment of the show. And sorry, I'm working. We're remote, you know, from a different location. I don't have uh, uh, my regular computer mouse and all that stuff. So I'm. Do you want a mouse? I have a mouse. I'm bit, well, thank you, Lenovo, for only putting two USB oh, ports right. on your computers. Really appreciate that, Lenovo. Um, and our main segment of the show, as always, is brought to you by 
Corona Cigar Company and CoronaCigar.com, the Internet's largest and easiest to use virtual cigar store. Corona Cigar Company offers you the finest handmade cigars, humidors, and cigar accessories at the absolute lowest possible price. You'll also find unique and limited cigars containing Florida sun-grown tobacco. As a proud American, president and founder of Corona Cigar Company, Jeff Borshowitz believed it was possible to bring cigar tobacco farming back to Florida. At Corona Cigar Company and CoronaCigar.com, you'll find the best selection anywhere in the world of cigars containing this special Florida sun-grown tobacco. If you live in Florida or are just visiting, be sure to visit any of the great Corona Cigar locations in downtown Orlando, Sand Lake, Lake Mary, and also the Davidoff of Geneva Lounge in Tampa. For more info on all of that, please visit coronacigar.com and floridasungrown.com. Mm-hmm. We're back. So, uh, PCHHO is coming up. Uh, wait, when? I hope you cleared your schedule because oh, it's okay. like it's like Thursday. Oh, well, it doesn't start till Friday, but we're leaving on Thursday. Yeah, we are. We still have um, to talk about uh, the morning and uh, what we're doing there. Oh, it's all squared away. Oh, it's all squared away. It's all squared away. We're squared. Um, but you last night, you were a guest on uh, Bear's show. El yeah. Oso Fumar takes. What was that like? I I, I got to uh, got to watch the show after the fact a little bit while it was live. Yeah, but I went back and listened to the whole thing thing today. No, I was uh, honored to be on Bear's show. Um, it was uh, Ben Lee, who, if you don't know who Ben Lee is, he's been around for, you know, since 2000, 2004, 2005, doing cigar media and various things in the cigar industry. And so he was the, he was the old, you know, the old school guy has been there for forever. Um, I was the FNG <laughs> and, uh, you know, Bear is kind of in the middle there. And it was cool just to talk about some of our, you know, experiences, lack thereof, expectations, um, excitements, disappointments. And um, it, it was a blast. It was good. Um, we uh, we had a good conversation. Yeah, it was nice to hear. Um, I think it was smart that, that Bear put together, you know, uh, ben, who's been to so many trade shows, and you, who haven't been to a PCA trade show yet, mm-hmm. uh, and Bear's been to, I think, three now or two. Three. Um, yep. So it's it's honestly, it's going to be a whirlwind of a of a week and a weekend for us. We already have a lot of stuff on the schedule, and there's going to be more stuff uh, yet, even that gets scheduled uh, as we go. Um, but it's 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 just one of those things that we need to get together we need to be together yeah, with everybody and just absolutely. get back in the same room fire up some cigars have some conversations again you know as much as we absolutely love doing the show um and love that you guys watch and listen being with you guys and you know like uh, the people who watch this show regularly and listen to the show regularly we want to be able to get together with you guys at cigar shops yep. or events or whatever it is. Yep. And PCA is just sort of the big, the, the big event of the year for retailers and manufacturers. And for us to be able to have a chance as a media organization to cover that event. Um, the cool thing for our viewers and listeners is we're going to get, you know, early scoops on, you know, a lot of these great new cigars that are coming out. This is this is typically the time of year mm. that, uh, you know, that the new stuff comes out and gets released. So we're excited to 
you know, be able to get some early scoops on, on stuff coming out and, uh, you know, talk to those manufacturers about the new products and also, um, you know, reinforce some, some great relationships that we already have in the business and build some new relationships along the way. Um, so I know you've talked about this a little bit already, but what is, what is the, out of all the brands that we're going to have a chance to see, which brand are you the most excited, not just to see those guys and hang out with them, but about the product they, they, they have already announced and, and have well, ready to launch. You threw a curveball in there. So, oh, that's tough because it would, it, it's really close between Fuente and the Ace Prime crown heads situation. Um, I'm most excited about the, you know, as far as the cigars go, the Ace Prime crown heads all the things that they've teased with uh, those cigars. And obviously we know how the Mil Diaz turned out, the the Juarez, um, and that relationship just looks to be, you know, it, it, you guys, it, they're going to be freaking nuts. It's, it's done. Like I would, yeah. if, if there was a way to invest in that. Um, and, and then Fuente, I just haven't personally met anybody like I've, you know, we've met Luciano, we've met Miguel um, and a lot of those guys from, from those groups. So there's already been that meeting. We haven't personally met any of the people. I, I cannot wait to hug Jose Blanco to see (laughs) uh, Carlito and Cynthia and Liana. Um, So I'm, I'm really looking forward to meeting those people. But if there was a, you know, cigars that I'm excited about, hands down, it's the Ace Prime Crown Heads. Yeah, I really agree about Ace Prime and Crown Heads. They, they're, over the years, we've seen a lot of brands spend a lot of time and effort uh, combining efforts. It's, it's not uncommon in the cigar business that you see brands get together and combine their efforts. But there really is something... I think that Crowned Heads and Ace Prime have done a phenomenal job at it. And I think both companies benefit in just the right way from each other's side of the business. And their releases have been great. And the stuff coming out of uh, uh, the Pichardo factory, phenomenal. And But I'll say this, one other brand that is i think poised to have a great pca trade show is espinosa without a doubt they have they have a lot of new exciting product that will be offered to some to all their retail partners and some just for uh their retail partners who are pca members uh the new this the 601 black which is yeah. Kind of, it's a new cigar, but it's kind of a re-release. I mean, 601 Black was on the market at one time, but now it's going to be a, a PCA exclusive release. And the this one was big. I was really excited about this announcement today. You saw that. Yeah, I did. So our friends at Cigar Dojo and Espinosa mm-hmm. are re-releasing the original size of the Sarsaparilla. So Sensei's Sensational Sarsaparilla. This cigar 
it was only the second collaboration cigar that Cigar Dojo ever did. And it was back in 2014. And I was absolutely blown away by the cigar when I bought it. And I ended up buying a second bundle back in the day. So I have one left of the one original bundle? one cigar. One cigar. Okay. One cigar left of the original <laughs> release, Sarsaparillas. So now it's going to be a, although it won't be a regular production cigar, it's going to be a national release. It's going to be sort of a seasonal where maybe once a year we'll see a new announcement that another production run of the Sarsaparilla is coming out. But it's that original, uh, I, w- I think it's a s- five and a half or six by 52 uh, torpedo. And it's the original was, in my experience, it was my favorite San Andreas wrapper cigar ever to come from the La Zona factory. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love that cigar when it came out. Well, and so it, to give you, I don't know the exact statistic, but I know that I didn't get on the dojo page fast enough and it was sold out. Yeah. Before I could even get an opportunity to buy it. It was like, what, two hours? Something like that. I know that most of the dojo releases sell out really fast. They do. Yeah. And that one, I, I mean, sure, you've got, you know, the the fanboy part. And I think, you know, not a lot of people even knew what they were getting. And they didn't even know that it was going to be the rock star cigar that it turned out to be. But it is fantastic. Yeah. So I am super excited that they've decided to go in and, and make this a, a regular production cigar. Yeah, that's an exciting one. So that, along with the, uh, um, you know, the 601 Black and the, uh, the Six Provinces uh, uh, release that's going to be coming out and the, the guys at Protocol who are, you know, linked very closely with the Espinosa brand and the Lazona factory, they've got their stuff that they're working on too. So honestly, we're excited for that. Um, and it's, it's going to be, it's just going to be a blast. And, and it's also going to be a lot of work. <laughs> Do you want to know how many, uh, um, booth stops that I have either officially scheduled or on my to-do list for for the time we're there? Seven. <laughs> in the first in the first half day, seven, yes. <laughs> oh man. All right. So the total amount of appointments and potential booth stops I'm gonna put at and this is in a perfect world if we hit every single one right. that I want to hit. Let's say 70. You're actually over. It's oh, six, wow. 61. Okay. Yeah. So if, it, and again, this is in a perfect world. If if we hit all 61 of those, I will consider it a miracle. Um, it's, you know, we'll do our best. It's, it's uh, because we don't, want to interrupt people doing business Absolutely. you know even if, even if we have an appointment scheduled if they're in the middle of a sale we are going to come back later we're not going to interrupt business to do a, a seven or eight minute long interview 
So we get early access. You're right. Yeah. Right. So um, that's going to be kind of the the go time to try and do as much as we can um, before retailers come in and screw up the whole day for us. Just kidding. <laughs> um, but uh, you know that's going to be kind of go time is uh, is uh, right away in the morning. We get like an hour. Uh, I think it's thirty minutes. <sighs> I think it might be an hour. I honestly don't recall, uh, but we do get early show floor access, which is the first time PCA has ever given early trade show floor access to media, uh, which could potentially be extremely helpful. Um, yes, Raul, we are at Sodi's, um, our favorite place to hang out when when the studio in my garage is roughly ninety five degrees. Yep, it's actually very cold in here. The uh, which I love. Wonderful. The, the, uh, the air conditioning is usually cranked up pretty pretty heavy in here. Very friendly on on the crotch moisture content. <laughs> it is SWAS friendly. It is very SWAS, SWAS, SWAS approved. Yes. And uh, there's going to be a, a... Did you check the weather forecast for Vegas? I did. Lovely. We're looking at lows <laughs> One, in 102, 103. Yeah. Highs of one, I think the lowest high while we're there is going to be 112. Yeah. And then I think it's going to get up to 118 or 119, yeah. which probably means 120. It is. Yeah. So um, I'm going to get us some matching HBTC um, thongs. Uh, we're going we're gonna to go thongs and flip-flops and then like half tees. Ooh. Crop tops. It's going to be hot. Nice. And that's a homonym. Nobody wants to see me in a crop top. Yeah, nobody wants to see either of us. <laughs> <laughs> no crop tops. I promise. None. I'm going to I'm gonna put this out of the way. Here, I'll okay. take yours too. All right. Grazie. So I'm excited, super excited for my first PCA trade show. I got... Um, I got kind of a tip of the iceberg with PC, uh, TPE, I should say. And, you know, that was fantastic to, to meet a lot of people. And Matt was bringing me around TPE and he was saying, okay, so now imagine this and then explode this entire room with all cigars. Because at TPE, cigars only made up maybe, I think it was just under a third of the floor space. So you know, maximize that. And it's insane. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if you guys didn't see the the show last night with bear and I and Ben Lee, we talked about a lot of the, a lot of the cool stuff The you know, um, so Gurkha has the biggest booth. Uh, Fuente is redoing their booth, which I didn't, um, I didn't really realize that they were, you know, kind of going away from the, the Fuente street thing. So beer broke my heart a little bit because, uh, and I'd seen pictures and things before of yeah. they do this Fuente JC Newman alley and it is just fantastic. And I'm sure whatever they come up with and whatever they do is going to be amazing. And, and I'm super excited to see that. So, and there's also some, um, there's some smaller brands uh, you know, newer up and coming brands that 
um, that we're excited to talk to. So actually, one of the brands you guys talked about last night that I'm curious about, because if you remember when you and I first discussed this brand, I was kind of a Debbie Downer on it because just because of the name, I'll be honest, it's I'm, I'm yeah. being I'm being 100 percent superficial when I when I admit this, yep. the name brand just kind of. Yes, it, it it hits me in a way that it just doesn't seem like they're serious. But I'm and I'm not saying that about the brand at all. It just when I first saw the brand, I kind of laughed it off. But then in hearing Ben talk about it and, and Bear talk about it last night, I actually am kind of interested now. Absolutely. To go see the company. I swear this is the name of the, the cigar real. company. It's called Drunk Chicken Cigars. Yep. And again, take take that how you will. But it just that name. I hear that name and I think, OK, OK. Mm-hmm. But I think part of that is just, you know, I have to get I have to get past that uh, because the fact is they're probably great people. I just want to I want to meet them and learn about their story like we always do. We yeah. want to we want to find out who these people are, find out their story, where the cigars are made, how they came up with the blends, how they came up with. the. I, where did you come up with the name Drunk Chicken for a cigar company? Well, and the thing you know, I think it of, definitely sticks in your head. I mean, Drunk Chicken. So there's a. a restaurant by me called Ray J's and they have a drunk chicken wing that is amazing. And so when I saw drunk chicken, that's what I thought of a chicken wing didn't make me think of a cigar. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but to find out that it's a woman owned and, uh, you know, new cigar company, then it started to, to pique my ears a little bit. Yeah. So that's, um, that's one of those new brands, uh, I want to give a look to, um, one that Scott, who's the owner here at, uh, uh, at Sodi's mentioned to me, and it's a brand I've seen quite a bit over the last year, maybe more on social media and things like that. I've never tried any of their cigars, uh, is platinum Nova, uh, or Nova. Uh, and I, I, like I said, I haven't tried them. Uh, seen them on social media. I don't think I've seen them in any shops, uh, but uh, Scott mentioned them to me, and uh, that's definitely on on our radar. For the Absolutely, show. Uh, the score is one to one. One one. Okay. Well, it was a nice run, you know, Montreal. Uh, Tan wanted to know what meat we were grilling, so I grilled because I can't grill here. Uh, I grilled some ribeyes for us, uh, and slathered those ribeyes in bone marrow in, in rendered bone marrow and let them rest in foil for a good long time and they were that might have been one of the best ribeyes i've had and i'm not tooting my own horn because i cooked them but that was damn that was good so i'm wondering let's go back to cooking for a minute if we can do it and we've obviously talked about sous vide and and cooking with science and all the fun things have you seen this um, vacuum, uh, vacuum chamber cooking. No. So what you do is like you, pressure you can, cooking. I mean, it's opposite of pressure cooking. So what it does is, uh, you put uh, an item of food, you can do a steak, you can do, uh, I saw somebody do corn on the cob. I saw, um, I mean, a lot of different things you put in this vacuum chamber, uh, with a liquid or a, you know, a sauce or a, you know, a, a thing you suck out all of the air and so like corn or steak or whatever that gets really small and then you 
reintroduce the pressure and all of that stuff goes inside of the the thing um and it's supposed to be amazing and i might i might have to try that sounds interesting i might have to try it is the is the price of entry like for the the hardware and all that stuff because sous vide is inexpensive you can you can start cooking sous vide yeah no these yeah these uh these pressure uh, or these vacuum chamber kits are really inexpensive uh amazon sells sells one for you know pretty inexpensive it's just a pot and really all, all you need is this um, is really a vacuum pump and you could do a you know DIY DIY yeah with it vacuum pump and you know a couple things but Amazon sells one for like you know 50 60 bucks for a smaller one but I like it yeah man I'm always looking for new fun ways to cook food and just new uh, like so tonight I on these steaks because I'm usually when it comes to steak I'm usually very traditional i salt and pepper and that's it but i found this stuff that i i just had to try it um because i also do like to when i'm done cooking a steak i like to put butter on it while it rests and let the butter melt into the steak yeah um and so i found this stuff called master salt so it's it's sea salt and granulated garlic and it's also butter in a granulated seasoning but it's the butter it's the it's the milk solids the best part of the butter basically uh that is i would assume somehow dehydrated and then you know turned into a powder and put into this mix and it's called master salt and it's fantastic uh it was on these steaks we had tonight and uh yeah it was good and you can see i'm unwrapping a little something right now it has cooled off a bit but that's all right i got this lovely bread that's baked with uh, aged cheddar mm-hmm. all over it and uh a little bit is this like a sourdough it's a sourdough that's got uh that's got aged cheddar on it and i have some more bone marrow <laughs> yep rendered bone marrow fat that we're just going to put right on the bread because we can because America. Because America. If you guys haven't had bone marrow. <laughs> it's just like butter. Just use this instead of butter on your bread or to f- cook your eggs in in the morning or whatever. Just use it Use it in place of butter and it's phenomenal. 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 Cheers. Cheers. Um, so we had a couple, uh, a couple comments from you guys having... Uh, having your treats on uh on fourth of july did anybody have any did we have any injuries any anybody have any injuries with their uh their fireworks blowing any fingers off does everybody still have all their digits i didn't see i know i didn't see many fireworks i got a buddy who lives right outside of downtown st paul uh in a high-rise and took a picture of, or a video of the skyline. And it goes, you know, from St. Paul to Minneapolis and just um, here in the Twin Cities, because of budgetary cuts, a lot of the cities didn't do fireworks this year. And so a ton of people bought fireworks and it was just this shower of fireworks all throughout the both cities. And it looked really, really, 
freaking cool. Guys, if you haven't tried this, talk to your butcher and ask for marrow bones, for beef marrow bones. And they'll come split down the middle, put them in, put them in your oven. Uh, here's actually an important thing. Salt. Soak them in salt water, heavily salted water. You know, put a bunch of salt in, in like a gallon of water. Stir up the salt so it dissolves. Put the marrow bones in that salt water and put it in the fridge overnight. It sucks out a bunch of the gross kind of weird flavors in the in the bone marrow. And then the next day, take them out of the salt water and pat them dry. Put them on a roasting tray in the oven and roast them at 400 degrees for 30 minutes to an hour until all the fat has rendered out. Don't let them burn. And then you scrape out the yummy bits that are still left in the, in the middle of the bone. And you pour all the rendered fat into a container and add a little salt. And it's incredible. And I got all this from that, that uh, YouTube channel. Guga? Guga Foods. So if you guys don't watch Guga Foods, you have to watch Guga Foods because that dude is a rock star. Yeah, so he has he has two channels, Google Foods and Sous Vide Everything. Yeah. Um, and he is Brazilian guy. Yeah. Him and his family, uh, they do all these taste tests with in different experiments with things. Some fail miserably, <laughs> yeah. but it's just fun also to to watch all the all the things that they do. And I know I've personally cooked, I don't know, maybe half a dozen to 10 of the things that he's done on yeah. that channel and they're all fantastic. Yeah. He, and he, the stuff that he does is very, it's really accessible. He doesn't mm -hmm. do the, I mean, some of the experimental types stuff he does, but most of the recipe stuff he does, it's, it's super easy, you know, Oh my God. Easy to do recipes. You don't have to have a bunch of fancy. Do that. Do that. Oh, the do the that. Cigar? Yeah. After the bone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> so this is crazy. So you're eating this, you know, the fatty steak that was soaked in bone marrow and then the bread with the bone marrow on it, it coats, the whole mouth is coated with this fat and the cigar is like, it's a totally different smoking experience. Oh. I mean, it's a, the firecracker is already a good little cigar, but yeah. man, you guys got to try I don't, we've talked about this before. I don't usually like to eat and smoke at the same and time. smoke, but there's something about this. We might have to do this. more. It often. might be a part of it might be the garlic from this, from the seasoning I put on the steak. Oh yeah. Too, but Holy cow. Do you guys um, smoke and eat at the same time? Yeah. I know some people can, some people can't. Um, I'm really indifferent to it. I, um, you know, I have at times I took some bites of, of the steak while I was smoking this and that was, that was great. But that bone marrow butter and bread and then having this game changer, absolute game changer. Oh, so good. Mm, mm, mm. 
So we haven't like officially given away the secret, but we'll go ahead and give away the secret right now. So those of you watching um, know that we mentioned we're going to be giving away something this evening. And because it is 4th of July weekend, Garrett and I are going to follow up uh, these firecrackers and we're going to smoke Camacho Liberty 2021, the brand new Camacho Liberty series. And this is the first, uh, as far as I remember, this is the first Churchill size Camacho Liberty. Yep. And I'll also say that while I have not smoked all of the Liberties, I've smoked them. I've smoked all of them going all the way back to 2017 or 2016. Yep. And maybe a couple of the earlier ones. Like that, that pyramid one. Yeah. I think was, was that the first one? No, I don't. Honestly, I don't recall, but they've been around for a while. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not going to lie this because Garrett and I have each smoked one of these. Garrett smoked two. I think this might be my favorite yet of the Camacho Liberty. Mm -hmm. The I think the blend is very, very good. Um, and it has this very cool kind of dark chocolate kind of thing going on in the, in the, the aromas from the smoke. Yes, it is. Uh, it, so this is not just a, uh, novelty type situation. They did a damn good job this yeah. year on the cigar. So as you can see, I am holding up not one, not two, but five of these beautiful Camacho Liberty 2021 edition. And one lucky viewer is going to win all five of these cigars tonight. Mm. So mm -mm -mm. you have to comment. And you can comment on Facebook or YouTube. Doesn't matter because we have access to all the comments after the show's over. Um, and we are also going to extend it a bit so that, you know, because not everybody is free tonight. Not everybody can watch live and comment live. So you will be able to comment while we're live right now. You have to leave a comment to be eligible. And you can also comment after the fact. If you watch it on YouTube tomorrow or the next day or on Facebook tomorrow or the next day, you can still leave comments on the original video. And we're going to randomly, we'll use the random Randomizer. number generator and uh, select one commenter and you will win that beautiful five pack of Camacho Liberty Series 21. How are we going to announce the winner? We will announce the winner. Here's how we're going to announce it. You can leave comments up. And so Garrett and I fly to Vegas very, very early on the morning of the 8th, which is Thursday. So the morning of the 8th, Thursday, we fly to Vegas very, very early. When we arrive in Vegas, we will go through the comments and we'll choose a winner. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because right now our plan is to go and get breakfast yep. at the very special place. Yep. 
And then hopefully soon after that, we will be at Casa Fuente. Yes. And so how about we do it from Casa Fuente? We'll do that. And we'll do it live. We'll do it live. Yeah. Awesome. Why not? We'll do it live. We'll go live from Casa Fuente in Las Vegas the morning of the 8th. Uh, so if you leave a comment, either again, either live tonight or anytime between now and uh, the morning of the 8th when we go live, mm -hmm. you will be eligible to win this beautiful five pack of Camacho Liberty 21, which I'm going to fire up right now. I am uh, I'm going to join you. Um, so let's talk about, sorry, I'm going to my let's talk about script. Let's talk about um, actually let's, let's talk more about food. So there is. There's a, a trend, at least we all know how internet trends work. Something can look trendy on the internet, and it turns out it's existed forever. Um, one of those things is something that I have not yet tried, and I know I'm going to get shamed for this, but it's just uh, it's just something I haven't taken the time to try, whether making it myself or going to a place that makes good ones and, and trying it there. These There's a very particular taco recipe, and I bet you know the ones I'm talking about. And I may pronounce it wrong. I'll try to pronounce it correctly. They're called birria tacos mm. or birria taco. I don't know how yeah. you pronounce it. I don't either. But they're these wonderful tacos that are made with a blend of, of peppers that are turned into this wonderful liquid that you dip the tortillas into and you grill the tortillas when they're already in this liquid and, and put some what appears to me to be uh, cotilla cheese and the shredded beef that's been simmered for hours in this in this blend of peppers and cilantro, which I'm not a fan of. Um, and then the taco is put together and then grilled and the cheese gets all crispy. And I've seen it all over YouTube and and Instagram. And I so desperately want to try these. Have you had these tacos yet? I have. Where did you have them at? Did so, you make them? No. Um uh, Katrina's does them every every so often. I know Casa Lupita also okay. makes them. Um, those are the two places I know locally that that you can get them. Um, so what what are your thoughts? Do you? Oh, it's freaking stupid. Is it really good? Yeah. It, like I, I said, that, every I mean, time I see it, I just want. So it's usually a, a special. I, and I don't. There's some food trucks that I know that. It, that that's what they do, but the the sauce and the preparation is such a time consuming thing that most restaurants that you know are taquerias or whatever they only do it on special. You know, typically one or two days a week, but they are amazing. Okay, well that settles it. I have to try them. Maybe in Vegas. Yeah, maybe we'll find a place that makes them in Vegas. Drunk Chicken and Nova are both great sisters of the leaf owned companies nice love it so kevin says brea beef tacos so that's how, how it's pronounced brea I'm, I'm gonna take your word for it i have to i have to i have to try these tacos it's like I, every I, I keep seeing these videos and 
I want that in my mouth. Yeah. And um, when so I I tried one on a whim and I didn't even know the buzz about them. Yeah. When when I got it, but it was a special of the day. And when I saw them dunk the tortilla, I was like, well, this is going to be a freaking messy situation. <laughs> no, not the case at all. Yeah. They don't ever look I've, all the videos I've seen. They don't fall apart. It does not fall apart. It all that flavor just goes into the tortilla and it you guys oh, flavor bomb as our friend Guy Fietti would say they took me to Flavor Town. They took you to Flavor Town. Yeah. Or or as our friend Matt Booth says, it's uh um they took your palate to Pound Town. He did say that. Which I'm going to say, I like the phrase taking your palate to pound town better than the the express train to flavor town. It's just better. It is better. It's better. It is. And, and it works. Yeah. I want that in my mouth. I said that. I said it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I stand by it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so pre-light, cold draw, and smelling the wrapper and the foot. It is just chocolate, you guys. It is chocolate. Like you would almost think that it's infused or it's sprayed with some kind of Axe body spray chocolate situation. <laughs> but it is not. I guarantee you. And it is all delicious. No Axe body spray was used in the making of these cigars. Mm-hmm. Certified. Um, it's such a good blend. Um there, there have been some liberties I've enjoyed. There have been some liberties I have not enjoyed. I'm not going to get into the ins and outs of which. Yeah. 2017. <clears throat> Sorry. Sorry. No, the 2017 was not was not good in my opinion. Um, but this 21 is and and the one from last year, the 2020. Although I enjoyed the blend, it was the Vitola that just it was huge. It's in. It was this enormous box press cigar i still have three of them and and they take a very long time to smoke these do too because it's a churchill but the overall flavor profile on this 21 just hits me in so many of the spots that you know make me feel like a a man (laughs) it's getting awkward in the studio at sody's tonight Mm -hmm. um if by collection you mean a full ashtray of cigar butts damn right i like that that's true i have a collection like that uh in the studio back in the garage where it's 95 degrees um so i have to try those brea tacos now that i know how to say it properly and are are there any travelers that that go to vegas and there's a a restaurant or a place that we have to go to like when you go you tell people, okay, here's the situation. And uh, I prefer hole in the wall over, you know, the, the big buzz new high-end restaurant. Which we uh, can't afford to go to anyway. Which probably couldn't <laughs> afford to do. But, uh, so you know, let us know what, what restaurants. Um, and yeah, if are. you guys know the out-of-the-way places in Vegas. One, we already said that. When we go to breakfast, we're going to the pepper mill because that's a classic. And I finally got introduced to it 
at TPE. Um, the Hidden Pizza Shop. If it's still there, I hope it's still there. The uh, There's a little diner in Binion's Casino, Binion's Horseshoe Casino. And this diner has like the best, worst chicken fried steak. And I mean chicken, I mean best worst, like it's really good, but it's it's like old time diner food. Right. You know, it's served on a plate with with uh mashed potatoes and canned green beans. That's what I'm talking about. But it's really so good. I hope they're still there. Because I know I know so many places in Vegas, you know, closed down. There used to be an Italian uh yeah, go figure, an Italian restaurant in the Venetian. But it was it's 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 one of the restaurants that's not there anymore. And I think it was called Canelo. And this was years ago, maybe 15 years ago. I was there on a work trip and we went out for dinner after uh, it was a sales conference. And we went out for dinner one night to this restaurant and they served. They had the special on on the, the night that we were there. They had osobuco, real Ooh. veal osobuco, over a bed of mushroom risotto. It was insane. It was so good. And if you guys have never had veal osobuco, it's phenomenal. And it was really good at this restaurant, the Heart Attack Cafe. Yeah, that's the so Garrett. If you're not familiar, the Heart Attack Cafe is they have a big scale that you can stand on. And if you're over a certain weight, I don't know what it's, it's an insane weight. It's like 500 pounds or something. If you're over a certain weight, then you eat for free. And it's basically, you know, triple cheeseburgers and, and gravy fries and, you know, mm. all the best possible mm-hmm. bad foods. Um, How American is that? Oh, it, yeah. Excess. It's How American? Yeah. I mean, that just, here's your, here's your quadruple cheeseburger and a Budweiser <laughs> and let's let's watch your mullet grow I have never eaten there I did eat at uh I don't remember what it was called but I did eat at a restaurant out on the patio area that where we had a bird's eye view of uh the heart attack cafe and it looked like a, a real screen because there were constantly people going up to the scale standing on it Oh, Aaron says, uh, so his pizza shop, you get spanked if you don't eat your full meal. Ooh. That sounds like a rough time. All right. They spank you in front of everyone. Um, I don't know if I'm really into that, but if the pizza's good, mm-hmm. you know, that's fine. Um, I'm trying to think of the other places. I really have never eaten at the fancy places in Vegas. Like I haven't been to Bizarre Meats, which people talk about like it's heaven on earth. And, um, you know, the massive buffet at the uh, the MGM Grand that's supposedly famous. I've never eaten there. Um, oh, it's a heart attack cafe that you get spanked. Oh, the heart attack. Oh, I, I thought that's the place where you where you have to stand on the scale. Maybe it's both. Both. It's both. Hmm. Um, but we are 
going to uh, we have dinners while we're there with some industry people, um, and obviously breakfast at the Pepper Mill. That's a must. So we'll go there the first day, and then uh, well, I mean Friday, it's kind of a big day. It's the first day of the trade show. Well, and it's the first day of the trade show. <laughs> we got a birthday boy. It's the first day of the trade show. July is the July 9th is the first day of the trade show. That's the big day. That's what that's the big event. We of have that a, day. It's we have the, a big five zero. It's the first day of the trade show. A big five zero happening. <sighs> Matthew turns five zero on Friday, first day of the trade show, and I'm excited. I always go back to one of the one of the sketches from Saturday Night Live that was was really funny. You know, originally and and unfortunately, like they did a lot of times, they they overworked sketches uh, where they became not funny anymore. But there was a sketch with Molly Shannon, and this was so. This was probably twenty years ago. Molly Shannon and I am sorry, I don't recall who the other person was, but they basically played these uh, older um, stage entertainer types who. Uh, and they, they would always do this thing where they were proud of the fact that they were old. And she'd say, I'm 50, <laughs> 50 years old. And she and I like to kick, stretch, and kick. And she'd do these. And she's wearing like these these old like Goodfellas-style pantsuits oh. and with the big beehive hairdo. Dope. And so I'm going to be doing that pretty much. The whole weekend is screaming, I'm 50, 50 years old. Yeah. My favorite Molly Shannon, though, was the. the... Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, Mary Catherine Mary Gallagher. Mary Catherine Gallagher. Yeah. And they and like you said, they beat that one up. They even turned it into turned a it movie, into a movie. Which, yeah. Come on. I didn't even see the movie. I didn't either. No, because I, I had a feeling it was. It was going to be every once in a while Saturday Night Live had a sketch that was good enough to turn into a movie and the movie was good. Mm -hmm. I think the Wayne's World movie was good. The second one, Blue Chunks. The first one, I think, was pretty funny. Um, yeah, dude, 50, no gray hair. So if you watch the show, you know, I I call Matt Pavarotti. What is this bullshit? I don't know. He's got, you know, seven years on me and... I've got more gray hairs on a square inch of my chin than he has on his entire head face. Clean living and vitamin pills. That's not true. I don't I do either. I don't do either one of those things. I, say I, call bullshit. I don't do either one of those things. Um, yeah, there's no explanation. I, all I can do is wake up every day and be grateful for it. I, I have no idea. Uh, there's no, there's no just for men. There's no Grecian formula. There's so just who I, do you, which, uh, which parent do you get your hair from? My mother. Yeah. Okay. Cause and my, my father... mother and I were the only ones with gray hair, uh, or with, sorry, the only ones with curly hair. Okay. Um, my, my dad and my, my two brothers, uh, straight hair and, um, you know, thinning, mm -hmm. thinning or bald all the way i fortunately still have all my hair and it's curly and it's dark and thick yeah i i can't explain it. so my mom was adopted 
So oh. my mom, my mom, my mom uh, never, right. never knew anything about her biological parents. So could be honestly anything. There was literally never any information given about anything. So could have been, uh, I, I have always thought that there was perhaps either some Italian, maybe some Greek, maybe some Middle Eastern mm-hmm. uh, in, in, uh, in my DNA. I honestly just don't know because right. my mom never knew. I, I know my dad's side of the family is Scottish and English. Uh, and we should do like a 23andMe and then read the results off live on one of our shows. So that's interesting you bring that up. This is one of the many conspiracy theories that you see online. We should do a segment, the conspiracy theory of the week. Yeah, Just yeah. throwing that out there yeah. but uh, before I forget. But one of the recent conspiracy theories that I saw was the fact that ever since COVID, you don't see commercials from those places anymore. You used to see those commercials from 23andMe and Ancestry.com every other minute on the TV. And everywhere on Facebook and social media, those commercials were everywhere. And ever since COVID happened, have you seen one, even one single commercial from those companies? Hmm. I haven't. And and again, I'm not saying this. I'm not. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm just saying it's interesting because you think about when you have a COVID test, what do they do? They shove a flexible swab up into your brain hole through your nose. And I wonder if it's a supply and demand type situation. Might uh, might be. hmm. Or it could be the Illuminati. I'm not saying I'm just saying, Hmm. no, I I don't, I don't believe that for a second, but it's, I, I, I do agree that it's curious and maybe a little strange that all of a sudden when COVID happened, those commercials just, gone so i don't understand that but I, I mean yeah we can draw a line for just about anything yeah in in covid like i didn't i'm pretty sure i haven't seen any uh there's a lot of commercials i but then again i barely remember what i had for breakfast so same the uh, the Viagra commercials, they, those really went up. Did you see what I, they went up? That, but never mind. <laughs> I cracked myself up. The Viagra commercials went up. See that? See, see that? What, see what happened? <laughs> the up, they went up. <laughs> oh. I'm sorry, guys. This is what, this is what he has to put up with. And sadly, for you guys watching and listening, you have to put up with it, too. We'll just riff tonight, he says. Yeah, we'll just riff. It'll we be don't good need content. A, we don't need we'll, a script. We don't need, we don't a, need a script. A we don't guess. need a guest. We don't. It's fine. It's, it's fine. It's fine. Um, Do you watch? Have you watched Shit's Creek? I have not. Oh, my gosh. I want to watch it. I just haven't gotten around to it. It. You, oh, my gosh. It is so good. So I will say that the first episode, so my wife was crazy about it. It's like you gotta watch Shit's Creek. So started watching the first episode. I was like, uh, but legit, after you get into like episode two and three and four, like the character development is one of the best in the business ever. 
It is so good. Nice. I, I have seen a few little clips uh, on YouTube and stuff like that. It seems very funny, like a really mm-hmm. hilarious show. My wife is really into another show that I, I and I haven't watched it with her, um, but it it looks like a train wreck that I kind of want to watch, and it's called Shameless. Oh. She loves the show, and I haven't still haven't seen it yet, but it looks, uh, the little bits I've seen walking by as she's watching it, it looks like a disaster that I need to see. So, yeah, I watched Shameless a little bit, and it's all right. It's all right. I'll watch it. Um, probably something I wouldn't binge. I agree with Raul, Peaky Blinders, if you haven't. If you haven't watched Peaky Blinders, that's a, a great series. I'm, uh, I'm, I don't know how how many years I'm late to the show, but I'm now just want to say like eight episodes into Sopranos for the first time. Nice. So, what do you think so far? Are you kidding me? It's really good. It's really good. Like, Peaky I- Blinders is really good too. Although, are there three seasons? I think there are three seasons of Peaky Blinders. What well, the last season kind of. I won't say it full on jump the shark, but it was it was shaky compared to the earlier seasons, in my opinion. Um, uh, Red is asking if we have smoked the re-release of the, the Crux Crux. Do Connoisseur. No, have not. Uh, saw it. Looks beautiful. Yep. If it's as good as the it, as it was before, I'm all in because that was one of my favorite cigars. Absolutely loved that cigar. It was. It was, I think it was my number two cigar of the year uh, back in like 2016 or 2017, somewhere in there. Uh, love that cigar. Yep. Um, you you watched Breaking Bad, didn't you? Twice. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm still, I still hold to my same uh, opinion that Breaking Bad is the greatest dramatic tv show of all time that's uh, i i think that uh sopranos is a close second but uh breaking bad was and and i've watched breaking bad for in its entirety five times and i can't find anything wrong with it i still have yet to there are a couple spots in some other shows like Sopranos and Sons of Anarchy and things like that, where there are some problems, just, just things that aren't a hundred percent perfect. Sure. And in Breaking Bad, I have yet to find anything that's not perfect. So I will say this: the Breaking Bad finale ranks number two in my favorite, or what I think is the best finale in television now i'm trying to think what your number one is um is it mash we've met yeah mash was awesome that was a really good finale that finale yeah and i watched that i want to say when i was maybe 15 or 16 and I I couldn't still feel 
Yeah, it was it was a tearjerker, man. That one. Yeah. Woo. And then sadly, the network tried to do that aftermath. That didn't was, even didn't even doesn't count for me. Yeah, I watched the first episode of Aftermath, and it was a disaster. It is. It was not good. Just I, I don't think it even lasted a full season. Probably not. Um, yeah, that was a great finale. I do think the Sopranos finale was incredible, and I'm not going to give it away. But the there were a lot of people pissed off about the Sopranos finale. Yeah. I thought it was I thought it was perfect. I I loved everything about it. Um, Game of Thrones was another one. So I didn't watch Game of Thrones until last year yeah. during COVID. Uh, when COVID hit, I was like, I've never seen Game of Thrones. So I added on the HBO. You can add on HBO to your Amazon Prime subscription. So I did. And I watched the entire series of Game of Thrones in like a week. And then I watched it again uh, in in about a month. And then I watched it again in a, in a couple months and uh so you didn't like it no i didn't like it i i thought it was very good it it's it had some problems just as far as execution and storytelling and stuff like that um but overall i thought it was really well done so i watched all of season one and i watched part of season two um like right before the winter is coming right before like when they were kind of uh getting into that storyline that's when uh, and it wasn't on a lack of interest i think it was just stuff going on in life so i gotta i gotta go back and, and finish that which one was that again in game of thrones oh yeah the yeah. whole winter is coming yeah you know deal and they go to the north and all of that jazz yeah it's i i thought it was great i i really did enjoy enjoy the show but uh, there were a few problems with the way it ended one of the uh, and Mad Men, I don't know if you watched Mad I Men. I did. That was fantastic. Mad Men was really a great show. Um, but one of the things that bothers me when a show is ending and you know it's going to end. Right. They have so many storylines between so many different characters. That they have to. That they have to wrap up. And sometimes they do it too quickly. I couldn't agree more. Where they just, they have to, It's they realize, they're like, oh shit, there's only two episodes left. And we have to jam in like closure on all these different character storylines and sometimes they don't now i'll say this mad men didn't do a bad job at it but there were a couple storylines a couple character storylines that they did force a little bit yep at the end um breaking bad one of the things that makes it so perfect is it was it was perfectly timed where there there was there were no forcing any storylines or character arcs it all landed right where it was supposed to there was no uh, and i think sons of anarchy did a little bit of that too where when it ended although i think it the show ended really well um i think there were one or two storylines that were a little bit shoehorned in because they realized they were running out of time mm-hmm. um sure. boardwalk empire jim mentioned Boardwalk. that's a that's another good one i actually re-watched I boardwalk empire recently and Aaron's. that one that's another one where i think that show was really good i really did appreciate that show but the last episode was like there was everything all the storylines finished in the last episode and it's like oh that's we gotta tough. hurry we gotta hurry yeah. we gotta hurry so 
Well, and Aaron mentioned El Camino. I've I've seen it on my thing. I've just never watched it. I didn't really, I didn't really. I mean, I, I cared for it as a standalone movie, but I, I think Breaking Bad was so perfect there was no need to tell any more story. Or Better Call Saul. I watched. I like that a lot. I watched maybe half of the first season, and okay. and it was fine. Um, Narco. I only watched the first season. I loved it. Loved it. Fantastic. And in fact, I talked to a, a former DEA guy who worked from the 80s and 90s. Yeah. And he said, spot on. Really? Yeah. Nice. So That's always good when you get people who are in that life. Right. That say it's true. Yeah. Like people who were people who were actually in the mafia when they talk about yeah. mafia movies. They say that, you know, they talk about Goodfellas as as like the standard for that's the way it was in the sixties and the seventies and the eighties for, yeah. for mobsters was that, that it was, they said it was really realistic. Um, that's why that's one of the other reasons why Goodfellas is, is such a great movie. Um, Joe Pesci is my spirit animal. Joe Pesci makes those movies. Oh my I mean, gosh. he is, if he is the he is always the best actor in the room in yeah. any of those scenes. I mean, I I I am personally and I I'm going to get crucified for this. I think Robert De Niro is overrated as an actor. I I think he's good, but I don't think he's outstanding. I think Joe Pesci is outstanding. I I'm going to disagree. Um, sure. I I look at Robert De Niro's I think they're they're two amazing actors. If you know, comparing the two of Pesci and De Niro, they can both do a wide range. Because you know, you look at Meet the Parents, you look at My Cousin Vinny. Um, they both can do comedy. You look at all the the mob movies that they've both done. Um, now, I will say Joe Pesci is by far the better uh, riff actor. Yeah where there are scenes in, you know, multiple movies where he has just taken it and gone, you know, my favorite is I'm funny. How, you know, yeah. as an unscripted scene, the, what he created there and the fact that everybody, Ray Liotta and Michael Rappaport, they all held their character and <laughs> let him do his thing. Like, that was just a special. Yeah. Yeah. Um, somebody brought up something. Who was that? Brought up? Uh, somebody brought up True Detective. That is. And see it. That is on my list, actually, of, of shows that I've heard are incredible. I heard it fell off the rails after season one, but I heard season one of True Detective was incredible. And The Wire is another show. Oh, Wire. So. I watched the first four episodes and I stopped. Not because it was bad. I I think I just got sidetracked with some other stuff where I felt like the sh it was too slow and it I happens. wasn't it wasn't getting anywhere. So, but I still have access to it. I just need to go back and actually. But everybody I talked to says the wire was a groundbreaking. Like it was in that it was it was even a precursor to shows like Breaking Bad and mm -hmm. Mad Men. Those those yeah. really dark, dramatic. Uh, gritty 
TV series. Yeah, well, and it was just on this side of HBO for the yeah. content that they could have. Yeah. Um, but uh, fantastic series. How about Humans? Did never, you ever watch Humans? I don't think I heard of it. It's a, it, it's a British. Um, forget where you can. I want to say it's Amazon Prime. Um, but Humans is, it's fantastic. You I'll guys have haven't seen that it. out. Uh, Billions. That's another one on my list that I've heard great things about. Um, oh, and if you haven't seen, if you haven't seen the the HBO miniseries Chernobyl, you have to watch it. Yeah, I it haven't is, yet, and I, that's another one that's on my. I won't give anything away. I mean, it, it's a true story. <laughs> we know how it ends, but how does that one? <laughs> it's it's we 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 know the end of the story already, but it's it's brutal to watch. Honestly, mommy. It, <laughs> It's it's very brutal to watch, and it's not just the brutality of the the way that the people suffered from the the effects of these overwhelming amounts of radiation. Most of what it deals with is the way that the Soviet government covered it up, covered everything up, and the the whole propaganda machine. It was heartbreaking. It's all fine. It's okay to see how many people died who how much faster they could have reacted it. Well, it even prevented it in the first place. Um, you know, if they, if they would have done things differently, but it's, it's a great mini series. And also speaking of mini series, um, mini the Hatfields and McCoys. Oh. Yes. Yeah. With Kevin Costner and Bill Paxton. So good. I think that was one of Bill Paxton's last roles. That was a great mini series. Yeah. Did you, um, so did you know that after Bill pa Paxton passed away that all of the like storm chasers went out and um, like dotted the tornado alley with a, a big B? Did they? No, I had no idea. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. And so then they have this uh, image of, you know, all of their dots of where each of them were. Wow. And uh, made this big B in, in uh, tribute to, That's obviously, crazy. Twister. But, um, yeah. yeah. You know, I remember watching that movie in the theater. So this goes back to my wife and I were still dating at the time. And we went to see this movie with, I think there were some other family members there. I think her her sister and her mom were, were, we were, just went to see this, this movie, Twister. And we get out of the movie theater in the evening and the whole storm or the whole sky is lit up with lightning. And it's got that feeling where a big storm is coming. And literally, as really? soon as we made it in the car, torrential downpour and, and uh, high winds and a, a, a tornado touched down like 15 miles east of us. Oh, crazy. I know. So that was that was pretty uh All right, let me ask you this. Insane. What is the most uncomfortable movie you watched with your parents? Oh. Okay, not Oh. Not with my parents. Um but with my wife's parents. Okay, that counts. Not long after we were married. And and I'll say thankfully I didn't pick the movie. 
I didn't know what the movie was going to be about. But we were at their cabin in Wisconsin, and we had spent a day out, you know, doing stuff that you do out there. We went to a couple auctions, and we went shooting for a while, uh, shooting uh, clays uh, for a few hours, actually. We did a lot of that up there. And we get back, and we have dinner at the cabin, and we're sitting down to watch a movie, and her dad picks this movie, and it's called grandma's boy (laughs) (laughs) so you know the you know the movie i didn't know the first clue about what this movie was and it it was produced by adam sandler's production company and it starred some of the same people that were in a lot of adam sandler movies back in the day it was the wrong movie to sit with your with your in-laws watching it was so everybody was just dead silent even at the funny parts which honestly it wasn't a very funny movie there were only one or two chuckles in there but it was just raunchy and uncomfortable what about you that's hilarious. it was so bad it was so bad that is so funny uh for me uh my mom and i decided to go and see jerry Maguire, and i I didn't know. I, I just knew. I mean, Tom Cruise, it's going to be Tom Cruise. It's, you know. So you uh, went to see Cuba Jerry Lynch. Maguire with your mom. Went to see Jerry Maguire with my mom. And I don't know if anybody remembers the opening scene yeah. to that movie. Yeah, I remember it well. <laughs> I'm sure we all do. But as soon as the line, never stop fucking me, happened, the night just <laughs> was not going to be the same as... A regular movie night with your your mom. <laughs> Mommy, want more popcorn? Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go get I'm popcorn. Go, I'll gonna, be right. I'll be right back. I'll be. I'll be back. <laughs> that uh, yeah, that's not a good not a good scene with uh, with parents. No, in the room. No, was not. Uh, I went. <laughs> another one was so my youth pastor's wife was so excited to see this movie and got like. Uh, 10 of us from the youth group. So it's the youth pastor, his wife, and like 10 youth. And we're in high school to go see me, myself, and Irene. Ooh. Also yeah. a very awkward, weird movie. Yeah. That. Uh, That's got some. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What's this? <laughs> that was for you. <laughs> So you went to see that with your youth pastor. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was good Past, times. Pastors love, love those kind of movies. They do. They do. Yeah. Oh, man. Holy hell. <laughs> well, let's, uh, I think, is it? Oh. It's, oh, yeah. Is it time? It's time. It is now time for this week's Numero, Numero de los Muertos. <laughs> And as always, Numero de los Muertos is brought to us by our friends at Smoke Inn.
right. Numero de los Muertos, episode 117, brought to you by Smokey and Garrett. What do you have for us this week? All right. 10-year average. 2009 to 2019, 12 people in the U.S. die from this every year. 2019, it was 18. Mm -hmm. Okay, I I got all of that, except could you say it all again because I wasn't listening. Sure. No, so 2018 or 2019. Yep. Or sorry, uh, 2020. It was 18. It was 18. Yep. And prior to that, the 10-year average was? 12. 12. In the U.S. Per year. In the U.S. All right. As As it. always, viewers, let's get some guesses cooking here. Gout. Gout. <laughs> now, Chad, I don't know what kind of people you're, you're working with. Yeah, we don't know who you're treating, but uh, that's... Wow. That's a serious case of gout. That is, I mean, is that possible? Drowning. Is it drowning? It is not drowning. I think um, I think that's in the thousands. Chad asks a great question. That's Ooh. always a good one to ask. Is it work-related? Usually not. Usually not. Okay. Um, are vehicles involved? They are not involved. Okay. Is it uh, related to sickness or disease? It is not. Ooh, that makes it tougher. Um, not work, not workplace accidents, not disease or sickness. Twelve people a year die from this. Ten-year uh, average. It is not water-related. It is not lightning strikes. Is it amputation? It is an amputation. Um, stabbed by a rhino. <laughs> so if 10 people get stabbed by a rhino that's in a, the U.S. That's a lot of rhinos in the U.S. That's a lot of stupid people. Because that would suggest some people survive, potentially. Uh, blood clot. Mm, that's a good one. Uh, negative. Not bacteria, not shark attacks. Is it sneezing? Wow, that's a fun one. No. Okay. Um, are elevators involved? <laughs> it's like super specific. It is. Uh, no, elevators were not. Okay. Hiccups is good. That's a good no, guess. It is. Bear attacks. Nope. It is not medical. So let's take. So it's not mm. allergies. Cho choking on a hot dog? Mm. No. That's what she said. <laughs> mm -mm. Forest, Forest fire. I think, sadly, it's probably more than, I think so more than 12. Yeah. <laughs> um. Are, are these That's are these one. indoor or outdoor? Outdoor. Outdoor. Okay, that narrows it. Mm -hmm. Is it horses? Oh, that's a good guess too. No. Not horses. No, it's not close, but 
I, I like these guesses. Anything to do with animals, Aaron says. It is not anything to do with animals. Are they crushing? Is crushing involved? No crushing. No crushing. Uh, we already did the water. We did water. Yeah, we did the water one. House repairs, negative. You can, uh, you can kind of put this in the category of um, hmm. lawnmower accidents. I did that one early, early on. I did avalanches. Um, I'm trying to think of a good category. So this would kind of be in a activity slash entertainment type category. I did trees. Crowd surfing? Dope. No. No? I like it, though. Golfing? Oh, wow. No. No? Mm -mm. <laughs> Divorce? <laughs> Entertainment? <laughs> uh, it's not skydiving. We did that one. Yeah. Um, gun range. Gun range. Yeah, no. Um, huh, but I will say gun range is the closest guess so far. Corn hold. Um, I'm going to go no on, uh, on the banjo playing guess <laughs> on the deliverance there. Noodling. Is a, is a no, you know, and it, it's funny because I looked for a statistic for noodling and <clears throat> because it is almost always drowning, mm. they just include it as, as, as drowning. drowning. Is it fireworks? It is fireworks. I think we had, we had a couple guess that, but I think. Oh, really? But I, I think this was the first one and I'm pretty sure this is our friend Leo. Leo Brown? Yeah. Barrels and leaves. Oh yeah! What's up, Leo? I think that was the first fireworks guess. So quick on the trigger and a very appropriate. We should have thought of that I being Fourth of July. Very yep. appropriate uh, category for Numero de los Muertos this week. So twelve people was the ten-year average up until 2019, and yep. then it started going up. And then 2020 is 18, and. Um, we obviously don't have uh, numbers numbers yet for this year. This year, but they're expecting to be up because so many people have decided to do their own firework displays. Um, the uh, the ER visits was up by a third in twenty twenty. I saw that on the news today. Did you? Yeah, that this year there were uh, the 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 numbers for for ER uh, for firework related ER visits were up over last year. Wow. So it's probably going to And be... it's like you said, people, because a lot of communities aren't putting the money out to uh, have firework exhibits. Right. People are doing it themselves. Right. So. Uh, yeah. And Chad, uh, me too. I would have thought that the numbers would go down. But um, seeing that, you know, nope, people are going to want to go and do their own thing. And 
typically Fourth of July parties have a little liquid courage action going and yeah, hold my beer and watch this. Watch this. This is gonna be fun. <laughs> Fire, yeah, fireworks. Um, if fireworks are ever involved, and somebody says, "Hold my beer and watch this," yeah, um, don't hold their beer. Correct. And do not watch. And do not watch. Uh, run the other way. Yeah, I was I was with Aaron when he got Aaron. I don't know if you got any more fireworks than you did, but uh, back from on our way back from the cabin, uh, our last trip, we stopped by, you know, Firework World or whatever it's yeah. called. And uh, Aaron and his brother, they got quite the arsenal of, of fireworks. I'm sure that was an amazing show. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go watch your show on YouTube. Yeah, Wisconsin, uh, you can get the good stuff in Wisconsin. Yeah. And which is literally like right down the road here, uh, the border. And my brother-in-law, I had to miss it this year because um, I was actually uh, helping out here at Sodi's in the shop that night. But every year, my brother-in-law uh, spends about three grand on fireworks and puts on his own show. And uh, I missed it this year, but he, he puts on a heck of a show every year. That was good. Yeah, man. So that was this week's Numero de los Muertos. <laughs> All right, so since we don't have a guest, I still I dug around and I found some new questions. I yeah for the lightning round. Let's do it. Even though we've honestly just been kind of riffing tonight, but it's been fun. So I yeah, got man. some new lightning round questions. Love it. So, what technology innovation has made the most impact on your life? And I thought about this after I put it in there. I thought, Ooh. would it be the technology innovation that's been developed since you've been alive, or right. any technology innovation? So I'll say since you've been alive. I'm going to have to go with uh, cellular communication. The way that we can now communicate, uh, um, you know, on the go. Because, I mean, I remember as a kid getting little handwritten notes, so-and-so friend called, you know. Yeah. And, um, and you know, calling them back on, on this situation. Oh, yeah, the dial, the yeah. rotary dial phone. And you just hope that they didn't have a bunch of zeros. With the 40-foot-long cord. Yes. The, from the kitchen that went around yes. every room in the house. Yeah. Yep. Um, I mean, it. Mm, okay, well, I'm going to say, I'm going to take that back, and I'm going to say Internet. That's my answer. The World Wide Web. Yeah. Yeah. That that in the last uh, in our lifetime easily. Yeah. That's that's it. I mean, you look at where the the World Wide Web as a as a s series of of networks has us today versus you know the the most basic networks back in the 70s and 80s before before there was an official internet when it was essentially companies sharing data from one place to another privately it yeah. was all private pretty much when i so we i was involved in this program um in 1992 and i was 
the 238th person to ever send an email to the White House. Oh, nice. Well, nice. That's I, funny. We got a great manscaping razor by Norelco with a handy dandy <laughs> extension that makes back shaving oh so easy. That that is some that is handy dandy. <sighs> I love that. Um, all right. What's the worst haircut you ever had? So I got this, um, I remember I was going, I had a job interview the next day and I went to cost cutters and they made me look like, <laughs> I don't I, I don't even know. It was uneven. It was it, the person like was trying to be fancy. was like, do you want layers in it? And I was like, I don't know what that means, but. I have a job interview tomorrow. Hook it up. Look what Leo says. The box. The box. Yeah. I had that. I had a box. Um, and uh, so I ended up going to another salon after that to have them fix it. Yeah. I was maybe, you know, 20, 20 ish. No, I had, I had the high top fade, the kid, the full kid and play. Yeah. Um, you did. But so I'm, but I also had the mullet at one point I had the, uh, so there was, when I was very young, my hair was actually blonde up until like third or fourth grade. Um, and then started to get darker as I got older, it was always really nappy and curly, but it was blonde up until third or fourth grade. And, um, when I was little, you know, my mom was upset that I was, a boy and she really wanted to, she always wanted a girl. Um, and I was their last child, so she didn't get a girl, but she, I think well, was secretly, <clears throat> well, I think she was secretly trying to, you know, make me a girl. So I always had this big poofy, just head full of curls, you know, Shirley temple looking hell. Yeah. And it was very common when I was anywhere from age three to age, you know, five probably that I was mistaken for a girl. That was, that was pretty regular. Um, but then there were so many haircuts that I had that were bad, that were self-inflicted. Like I did the mullets. Oh, I man. did, I did the high top fade. Did you ever do the tail? I did the tail. Did you do the tail? I did the tail, <laughs> but here's the, this is the kicker that, that I did. And I actually have a, a bad haircut story. Like, where the, the stylist went wrong. But in eighth grade, I was obsessed with Sheila E. <laughs> like obsessed with Sheila E. I'm not mad at that. And I thought not only was I in love with her, I just thought she was so cool. Mm -hmm. And all the people in her band were just so cool. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to be like these guys in her band. You know, because because she was a drummer, she had a bunch of other drummers mm -hmm. and percussionists in her band. And one of the guys in her band had this like 80s. So in the 80s, there was sort of this this hybrid black and white hairstyle. It was like a feathered fro. And this guy had that hairstyle, but he had a blonde stripe that started on the front corner 
and went around the side and ended back here and then went through the tail and the tail was also blonde. So <laughs> when I was in eighth grade, <laughs> please tell me there's pictures. I don't, I don't think there are actually, oh. but when I was in, when I was in eighth grade, I, my, <laughs> so I can't believe I'm saying this, but I could share this with everybody. Cause I don't really care. I'm Cause you're a man. I'm, I'm not, I'm about to turn 50. I'm not proud anymore. Right. I don't care. Yeah. So, <laughs> oh God, this is terrible. My mom had that stuff that she would mix up to put here to hide the whiskers on her face okay. to bleach them out. Oh, okay. It was this powdered stuff that you mix with water in this little cup, and it came as a kit Basically for ladies. like a little beach. Like bleach. ladies could just bleach out the, yeah. the whiskers on their face. Yeah. I swiped it. Oh, shit. And I mixed it up, and I put the damn blonde stripe in my hair all the way down through the tail. And I had that. I had it all puffed out and feathered back. Oh, dude, it was sick. It was sick. And I had the I had the clothes and all of it. So, well, I had the cheap. I had I had the cheap Kmart version of the clothes because that's all I could. Right. That's all I could. You know. Well, dude, we did. My mom, she would uh, buy me Wranglers or Lees, and she would take the the Lee stuff off and sew guest patches on it. Yeah, we didn't we didn't even go that far. And plus, I was the youngest of three boys, so I got everybody's hand me downs. Oh, I yeah. we had. I don't know if you remember this brand of jeans, Tough Skins. Mm -mm. They were the house brand at Sears, and they were like a buck eighty nine a pair. But I didn't get my own. When my brothers outgrew theirs, I got their jeans. So I got the I got the half used tough skins with the patches ironed on to cover up the rips and the, and, and all that. Yeah. Yeah. So. And oh then, yeah. Rustlers. Hell yeah. I had and, rustlers. And then I had, so this was a while ago. Now it was probably 10 or 11 years ago. I went to against my better judgment. I went to a great clips mm -hmm. and I sit down in the chair and I tell her how I want my hair cut. And I could already tell this girl was a new stylist. She seemed nervous. She just seemed like she was fresh out of, you right. know, beauty school or whatever you yeah. call it. So I sit down in the chair and she starts, you know, it, 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 most of my haircut is clippers. So she gets out the clippers, puts on the guard of the length that I want and starts clipping away and everything's fine. And she puts the clip they had these like tubes in their workstations that they would put stuff into when they weren't using it and then pull it out of there again so she puts the clippers back in the tube and gets um uh the spray spray bottled water and a comb and starts uh up on the top and then she gets the clippers back out of the tube and starts starts them up and she hits it on the back of my head and then she stops and I didn't feel anything. Nothing felt weird or out of the ordinary. But she just stopped. And she put the clippers down. And then she grabbed the comb and was fussing around with the top of my head again. And then she said, I'll be right back. And she left. She went in the back room. I assume to she's cry. going to the bathroom or something. And I'm sitting there for a couple minutes. And then a couple minutes becomes five. And five becomes ten. And I'm like, something's not right here. 
and a different lady comes out. She said, my name is so-and-so. I'm the manager. We had a problem. I said, okay, what's going on? And she grabs the hand mirror and shows me a big bald spot, like in a place that can't possibly be hidden or, or fixed. Like, like the, when she put the clippers in that tube, the, the guard, the guard that was on it fell off. So when she took it back out again, it was just straight, straight, bald clipper. And she hit me with it and took out a big chunk. And I was like, just, I said to the lady, the manager, I said, just, just take it all off. It's fine. You know, and the girl would not come back out. And and the lady was like, of course, we're not going to charge you for this haircut. We're going to give you coupons for free haircuts. I'm like, yeah, like I'm ever coming back here. Right. Again. But the girl would not come back out. And I took five bucks out of my wallet and I gave it to the manager. I said, please give this to her. Accidents happen. She still deserves to, you know, at least get tipped for what she would have gotten tipped for, for the haircut. So, and I, God knows if she stayed in the styling game or not, but she had a bad day and I have a feeling it was her first day. And so, you know, uh, oh, that was bad. Man. So it was, I was, I was basically just stubble bald until it took a couple weeks to grow out. That was fun. That is hilarious. That was a good time. Um, so what, uh, if you were suddenly a billionaire, like, boom, you're a billionaire, what would be the first unnecessary thing you would spend some money on? Like, big splurge, crazy item that you would spend money on? Like, we're talking selfish, right? This is yeah. a... A, splur- to- a splurge, selfish item, you know, you've, you know, after you, uh, you know, save the whales and, and right. put it into, you know, racism and world poverty and, and all that mm-hmm. with your billions. After you've done all that, the after, first thing that you, yeah, yeah, yeah. that you splurge on for yourself. I mean, I, I want it to be something more creative than, you know, than a, a supercar or, you know, the, a huge beautiful log cabin type situation um but that's kind of where my head goes to um <laughs> cigars cigars um it's not a bad choice no it's not underground bunker Ooh, i like that um do i <laughs> <laughs> that's not nice um, like a cabin or something or a vacation home. Yeah. So I, you know, I, okay. I'll say, um, a big, beautiful ranch in Montana with uh, a huge, huge log cabin house. That would be, I like it. Yeah. I'm not mad at that answer. Um, for me, it would be private jet. Yeah. That would probably make the list at some point. Just the first thing, you know, that that was the first thing that came to mind was because, you know, if all of a sudden there's, you know, billions of dollars, it's like I don't have to wait for the people at the Delta counter or, you know, any of that. It's just I've got a, I've got my own jet with my own pilot, my own crew and yeah. just 
go wherever I want to. You buckle me. Don't give me that light. <laughs> I don't a, feel I don't feel like putting my seatbelt on I'm right now. I'm a billionaire now. <laughs> Do you know who I am? Don't you know who I am? I'm the guy who woke up this morning and suddenly had billions of dollars. Um, no, I would hopefully not not do that oh your own personal island oh that's a good one that too. i love there's a lot of islands for sale with cigars are there you shopping for islands no so you know how you go down the rabbit hole like <laughs> the you did inter- the internet rabbit hole yeah. yeah and there's a there's this uh uh website that you can shop islands nice like freaking whole islands like the South Pacific is. I love Chuck's answer. Smoke cigars on your plane. I would smoke cigars on my own plane. I love it. Yes. I love it so much. Yes. Absolutely. Oh, that would be. And then, and then get off the plane and smoke cigars in your limo. (laughs) Yep. I would do that all day. All day. Oh. All right. And I'd um, like to think I wouldn't be a pretentious ass. You know? I would like to think I wouldn't be. Um, but none of us know what that would turn us into. We really don't. We really don't. We don't know. We, we just hope that we would, we would, you know, keep some kind of, uh, uh, keep our wits, you know? Yeah. If all of a sudden you wake up one day and you got $20 billion, I would hope that I would keep my wits and not become a complete utter douchebag absolutely i would hope so um let's do uh let's do this week's uh notable smokable Mm -hmm. and as always notable smokable is brought to us by our friends at ace prime cigars notable cigars notable passion notable purpose so garrett what was on your notable cigar list this week I'm going to say, so I had, <clears throat> I had a few that, that were really, really good, but the, and I had it on the show last night again, because it, it's, I think it's such a great cigar. It's the Liga Zebra by American Viking. Um, and it was actually the cigar that when smoking it, I had mentioned to you, we should do a barber pole um like you know showdown showdown yeah barber pole pole showdown showdown. yeah um because there's there's good barber poles and there's not so good barber poles you know and uh so uh that one you guys if you haven't had the the liga zebra by american viking made by our friend tim swanson uh down in arizona uh do yeah yeah it's a good cigar i had one uh, within the last couple of weeks here at the mm-hmm. shop. Um, mine was, I actually had some time this week to go back and smoke some old favorites, mm. um, which was nice. And one of them I'm going to save for a different show, but one in particular that I put on my list this week was the Avo Synchro Nicaragua. Mm. It's not a super old cigar. It hasn't been on the market for a really long time. I think it's maybe been on the market five or six years, somewhere in that neighborhood. Um, 
I, and I had forgotten how much I really enjoyed that cigar. It's uh, it, this particular one is the Robusto size. Uh, so if you guys see the Avo Synchro Nicaragua, uh, really any of the Synchro line, yeah, you the know, whole Synchro line is the, uh, great. It's a great line of cigars, and that Nicaragua, it's it's really a nice cigar. So it smokes nicely. Um, obviously, great draw because it's a box press and it's a it, it's part of the Davidoff family of products. But very, very nice cigar. So that was this week's Notable Smokables brought to you by Ace Prime. Improving lives through fine cigars. Visit aceprime.com to learn more. So to give our viewers and listeners of some cool stuff we have coming up, we've talked about it already, but we need to talk about it again. And that is we are going to be live over and over again from the PCA trade show starting on July 9th going through July 13th. So what's important for you guys as our viewers uh, and, and if you're if you always listen to the audio podcast uh, but you don't watch, this is something you'll want to keep up with on video. So you guys need to make sure that you are subscribed to our YouTube channel. And not only subscribed, but uh, you can click the notification bell to make sure because we're going to go live a lot during the PCA trade show. And we don't want you guys to miss it. They're going to be quick hit interviews, typically ranging from, you know, five to eight minutes. Uh, just finding out from all the brands and all the brand owners and brand ambassadors, some cool new stuff they have going on and just catching up with friends at PCA. So make sure you are subscribed on the YouTube channel and hit the notification bell. You can also, not only do you want to like the page on Facebook, how about that cigar? You also want to follow the page, and you can also turn on notifications so that you get notified every time we go live because there's going to be so many great little interviews that we have at PCA, uh, and we're we're just beyond excited, Super excited. To, to bring this coverage to you guys. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, and we're going to be exhausted, but it's going to be worth every second of it. So make sure that you guys don't miss any of that. Um, another big one that's coming up after that is on July 26th, we're going to have our second annual Cigar Industry Hive Mind. We did this last year. It was a blast. It was a really long show, but we covered so much ground and we are very fortunate to have the same panel back on the show. So we're going to have Charlie Minato from Half Wheel. We're going to have John McTavish from Developing Palettes. We're going to have Honest Abe DeBabna from Smoke In and Skip Martin from Roma Craft Tobacco all on the show on the 26th. So uh, make sure that you guys keep up with everything we have going on. Don't miss any of our live PCA trade show coverage. Uh, as always, make sure that you are listening to the audio podcast. Subscribe to us on the audio podcast on whichever your favorite listening platform is. Uh, follow us on all social media at HBT Cigar. If you have questions for Garrett or myself, specifically, if you guys want us to cover a specific brand at the PCA Trade Show, make sure that you let us know which brands you want to hear from. Uh, you can email us right on HowAboutThatCigar.com. And as always, guys, until we see you next time, burn cigars, not bridges. Thanks, guys. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>